Well, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this series on family. We've been talking about how with Legos, you know, we we build things with Legos, and we want to build a a family that that honors and and glorifies God. And I don't don't know how much you've kind of been noticing the the Legos that are are built up here, you know, like this tree up here. I don't know how many of you have noticed this tree. Like, when I was a kid, that, that, no, we didn't have, we had like this, like, just like a blocks, right? It's like, go build something, right? And, and today, like, this stuff is, is pretty, you know, fancy and, and pretty nice to, to have. And so we've been talking about what does it look like to, to intentionally build families that, that honor God and that and builds a, a home, whether we're married or single or divorced or, or wherever we are, students or kids, um, that ultimately um, honors and, and glorifies God in our everyday, ordinary life. And so we've been looking at Joshua uh, and we've just we, we wouldn't have, we've been looking at how Joshua's come to the end of his life. He's about 110 years old, and he's like he rallies the all the people of Israel together, all the leaders, and he says, "Look, I, I'm getting ready to 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 pass from this life into the next life, and and there's there's a couple things that I, I need to say to you that I want to say to you." Um, as the people of God. And so we've been reading through that. Um, and so, uh, so we've, we've heard him say that, you know, like we want to put everything that we are into the worship of our Heavenly Father. We just genuinely want to worship. Wherever you are on the journey, let's worship God just authentically. Let's, let's hold God in such an awe and reverence that, that we fear him in a, in a good and, and biblical way. And today we're, we're going to look at um, what it looks like to, to make a, a declaration. That last week I, we finished up and I said, hey, I want you to make a declaration about where you are and what your walk looks like uh, with, with your marriage, with your kids, with your parents, whatever it might be. To make a declaration about where you are and where you're going to go. And so we're, we're going to look at Joshua's declaration to all the people of Israel. So we're going to be in Joshua 24 again. Uh, if you're using the, the Bibles from the back, it's page 162. And we're going to hear who he is going to serve. So we're, once again, uh, we're, we're, we're looking at Joshua 24, 14 to 15. And, and, and here's the thing. Right? Every one of us, no matter where you are in the journey, no matter how old or how young, married or not, or, or whatever, we, we, we all have to make this decision. And just like, being intentional, being clear, and, and not just in our hearts, but as we're going to see, Joshua does it very publicly as well. And so no matter, like last week I said, no matter what your commitment has looked like in the past, you can start today. You can start right here, right now, with a new commitment of who it is that you're going to serve. And so let's hear what Joshua says and what, what his commitment is with him and his family. Verses 14 and 15. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors' ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Or the gods your ancestors served you on the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you were living. And, And here's the statement. But as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. And so Joshua, I mean, this, this statement that he makes, this decision he makes, it, it, he was meaning to inspire the people of his day, but I, you know, I think it, it continues to inspire people 
in the 21st century. I was at uh, a member of our church's house this past week, and I walked in the front door, and I looked to the left, and they have a sign, uh, like an eight, 11 by 18 like photograph or you know print that says, "As for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord." Like these words of Joshua continue to ring true today. And so this is something that we need to take seriously. As, as followers of Jesus, we, we long for, for our families and our households and our singles to, across our, our communities to, to make a decision to serve Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we, how do we cultivate our, our homes to be a place where people will choose to serve Jesus? Now, if you notice, if you got your Bibles open, Joshua does not say, choose if you will serve. No, he says, choose who you will serve, right? And so, so he knows that, that not everyone, we talked about this over this series, like not everybody is serving the Lord God. They're, they're serving false gods, and they've, 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 they've divided their attention, right? And, and so if, if you're not serving the Lord and being intentional about serving the Lord, what he's saying is, you have to ask yourself, who am I serving? And be honest with yourself. And, and some of you, I think, you, probably you've, you've decided you're going to serve your job or your career. Or maybe others of you, you've decided that you're, you're going to serve your reputation or, or a political cause, cause or, or hobbies or, or sports teams. And whether you, you've made that decision intentionally or unintentionally, it's just true. And guess what? The people who know you the best, the people who are closest to you in your family, they know. They know the decision that you have made thus far in your life. Because they can see it in your actions. You know, your parent, parents, you know, like, you, you think about your, your kids, your, the students, right? They, they know who you're actually serving, right? And those of you who are single, right? Your friends and family members, they, they know who you're serving. They, they know, are you going to be on time? Are you going to be late? Or are you just not going to show up at all? They, they already know because of what you've done in the past, right? And, and so, like, they, we, we know. Like we just watch each other's actions and, and we, we kind of have an idea of what people are generally going to do in their life. We know what you care about the most because we've seen it in your life. And so it, it, put it this way. If I were to have you say like the, the words of Joshua, right? right? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And, and I got your, the people who know you the best, your husband, your wife, your kids, your, your inner circle. And like I had them around you and I had you say that statement out loud and I said, is that true? What would they say? And then if I, if I change the question and if they're like, you know, they're not immediately be like, absolutely, yes, Jeff is all in for Jesus. What if I then said, so fill in the blank. As for me and my household, we will serve, what would you say about this person? What would those people who know you the best say about you or about me? Right, so Joshua, he knows. He knows it all begins with a choice. The Israelites, he's like, hey, guys, you're, you're free to choose whatever you want. You can, you can serve God or you can serve other gods. He's, he's not forcing them to do anything, and God isn't either. Joshua acknowledges, look, there, there's, there's a sense of free will here. You have to make a decision on this. And it's all on you. 
I'm reminded of the school teacher who a student came up and was like, do I have to do all of this reading? Really? The teacher's like, nope. Like, yeah. Right? The teacher's like, I don't have to pass you either. Right? The choice is yours. You can do your homework and do the reading or not. But there's consequences to that decision. Right? And, and so like Joshua, he's, he's telling the, the people, like, look, you, you don't have to serve the Lord God Almighty. It's up to you. You have the choice. You have the freedom to choose for yourselves. He's just saying, like, it's time to make a decision. And so that really, I mean, I think it, it really it brings up a question for us. So, so what does it mean to serve something anyway? And so, you know, this is, written, this is the Old Testament. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And so the Hebrew word for serve is abad. So if you're writing in your Bibles, you can write abad, A-B-A-D, abad. Right? And, and so that word abad, it has different nuances depending on what that word is attached to. Right? So, so if, if you abad an object, right, it, it means to work on it, like servicing a truck. Right? They didn't have trucks back then. Right? But you know what I'm talking about. Right? Or if we're talking about we're, we're going to serve like for work, right? It, it, it means that you're working for them, like serving a boss or, or a master. Right? But, but here's the thing. When it comes to God, when you attach this word abad to, to, to God, it means something so much deeper. Right? It, it means exclusive and wholehearted loyalty. Exclusive and wholehearted loyalty. So in other words, it means laser beam focused devotion so that your whole life is fully surrendered in obedience to God, right? And, and so like that just, like you make this decision, it just doesn't automatically happen. Like this is a growth process. This is sanctification. This is us growing in, in, our, in our discipleship and becoming more and more like Jesus every day. But it begins with a decision on a day. As for me and my household, we'll serve the Lord. And, and, and so like, this is what, what Joshua is laying before the people. He said, hey, you, you can treat God like he's a hobby. Right? You, you can kind of show up whenever it, it's, it's, the weather's nice and everything is good and fine in your life and there's no drama and there's no pain and there's no brokenness, right? Or you make a different decision, a decision to, to truly serve the Lord. So how do we do that? Right? How, how do we make a decision to, 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 to organize our lives, our families, and our households so that everyone who, who is in our, our span of care and our circle of influence and our family, like, that we'll make that decision to serve the Lord? So before we get into some practical things, I, I, I want you to picture something. I want you to picture your family room, okay? This is not my family room. <laughs> this is my dream family room, wife. You see? She's like, you got a, what's that thing you walk on? Treadmill with sawdust on it. That's my, you know, man's cave right now. Um, but just think about, think about your family room, right? About how you have intentionally designed your family room, right? This is like, you know, interior design 101. I didn't take that in college, but like, I think we all get this, right? So if, if you have a TV in your family room, the likelihood is pretty good that all of the seats are pointed towards the television, right? That's the focal point of that room. 
But if you decide in your, in your family room or another room that there's not going to be a television, that actually this is going to be a room where we dedicate talking to people, that the likelihood is that all the furniture is going to be in a circle so you can see each other, right? So you're intentionally designing a room the way that, that for its purpose, right? That's what I'm talking about here. That how, how do we design our life? How do we create a, a, an atmosphere purposefully in our, in our homes that, that equips us to serve the Lord. And so how we organize is important. The things, the decisions that we make. And so I want to give you three questions today that maybe will help you to, to process how it is that you're going to purposefully create this environment in your home to serve the Lord. So the first question is, what are your family's habits? Right, so, so habits form us. So, so your morning routine, or their lack, lack thereof, Right? It is forming, it's shaping the culture of your home. Right? If you're the kind of person that just hits this snooze button 27 times, then gets up and throws on whatever is dirty you know, on the floor beside the bed, grabs a cup of coffee and runs out the door, that's forming culture in your home. Right? Or if you're like me, you, you get up really, really early and you do the same thing. Every, you know, it's like you can set your clock. I can set my clock by you know, where I'm doing everything. That's setting culture in your home. I'm sure there's everything in between, but the decisions you're making, the habits you're creating, are forming the culture of your home. So think about this. Think, think, think about Joshua, right? So, so he's, he's declared that he's not going to serve other gods. He's going to serve the, the one true God. And, and so, he, in other words, he's saying, I'm going to commit to some habits in my life that are going to help shape and form me and my family towards that goal. So, so Joshua, he, he was, he's been there all along with the Israelites. He was there whenever God led them out of Egypt and walked across on the Red Sea on dry ground. He was there when, when Moses came down from the mountaintop carrying the Ten Commandments, right? And so he's like, wait, here's ten things that, that God Almighty has said that if I will order my life around and that it's going to shape the culture of my home and the shape, shape the culture of my heart, then I need to do those things. Like, so, so one of them was, is, is practicing Sabbath-keeping. Right, that once a week, there's going to be a 24-hour period that we're going to just set aside for the devotion to God. Like, that's a habit that he was creating in his home. It's something I've been working on all this year because I'm a workaholic. I will work seven days a week as many hours as I can possibly fit in. I know that that is not good, that is not holy, that is not healthy. It's not creating a culture in me or in my family that I want. So I've been intentionally seeking to create this, this culture of practicing the Sabbath in my life once a week. It's those, those intentional decisions. Right? Oftentimes when, when I do a funeral, a family will say, hey, can, can we share some stories? We, you know, we just got some great stories we want to share about our, our loved one. And they'll come up and they still share stories. And oftentimes those stories are around habits that that person had growing up. Sometimes people are laughing their heads off, right? Other times they're bawling their eyes out. I remember my grandmother, and one of the things that, one of her habits was she read through the entire Bible every year. I remember growing up thinking, I can't wait till I'm old enough to read through the whole Bible for myself. I wonder, you hear me say it all the time, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. Where do you think I got that from? I think my grandmother probably shaped that in me as a young boy. The culture of your homes are so important. 
The habits that you form in your homes will shape you and influence you in your walk with Jesus. Yeah, I share with you so many times that, you know, as our kids were growing up, you know, if we did anything as a family, we would find a memento from that time and we would put it in a memory box. And all year long, we just kept, you know, if we go to a movie, put the movie stubs in there, the, the ticket stubs in there. If we go to a beach, we put some, a shell in there and just everything that we did for a whole year, we just keep putting it in the box, put it in the box, put it in the box. And then on New Year's Day, every year, we would get the box out and just, we had, it was always a day off, right? And so you open it up and we would just go through it. We'd pull one item out at a time. Remember when we went and saw this movie and we did this and that? Remember when we went to the beach and all that? Like, just spent time walking through that. It became a habit for our family that shaped the culture of our home. So what are the things that you're doing in your home to shape the, the habits, the culture of your home so that you, you can actually be developing a heart for serving God. So maybe for you, it's saying, you know what, we're going to make a habit of coming to worship every Sunday. Or we're going to make praying together a habit. We're, we're going to make reading the Bible together a habit. Or, you know, we're, we're going to just, these are the things that we're going to intentionally decide to do to help shape and, and form and influence our family. And, and these are things that you don't just like, hey, when we have time, we'll do these things. No, this is like, we're these are habits that we're going to do in our everyday, ordinary life together. Second question, who does your family imitate? So as I was saying, there's a relationship between Joshua and Moses, right? And so I, I, I'm guessing, I'm pretty certain that, that Moses had a, a major influence on Joshua's life and on his family, right? And, and so they just looked to Moses and, and how he walked with God so that he, they would know how to walk with God as well. And so we all have people in our lives that, that we, we seek to imitate. And some of it we, we realize, and sometimes it just, it just happens unintentionally. And, and so I, I'm guessing that who you imitate is influencing your home and your family. And so if you're going to, to you and, and your house are going to serve the Lord, then, then you have to choose intentionally some, some mentors and models for your life that, that are helping to shape it and having a, a heart for serving the Lord, right? And so if, if you've got kids, if you've got students in your home, right, they, they, they're watching, they're listening to you. You're, you're shaping them and you might be like, oh, my kids, my students, they, they never listen to me. Oh, yes, they are. They're watching very carefully. They're listening very carefully. And so what are you, how are you shaping them and, and molding them with a heart for serving God? You know, the Apostle Paul, he, he really understood this. He, he wasn't a dad. He, he didn't have a family. He didn't have any kids or anything. But he knew that his life affected other people. And so he, he poured himself into living a lifestyle of obedience to Jesus so when people saw him, they would see Jesus. And, and here's what he wrote to one of his churches, 1 Corinthians 11, 1. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so if you're going to be a, a family that, that imitates or serves the Lord, rather, you, you have to know who it is that you're imitating because it's going to influence your family. So are you trying to imitate a, a business leader or sports figure or someone on Instagram or a celebrity? Who is influencing you? It's influencing your family. And then the third question. What does your family talk about? 
Right? And, and that might seem like an odd question. We, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week when we answered that question from that mom about discipling their kid, her kids, right? So like, the, we, what I found is that we talk about the things that we're passionate about. So, so a household that cares a lot about politics, they talk about politics. So a household that's really passionate about the Steelers, they talk about the Steelers, right? Or whatever it might be. And so if, so, if a household is truly committed to serving the Lord, they talk about it. So what are the things that get talked about in your home or in my home? What are the things that get talked about among, with your friends or people at work or at school? And so if we're, if we're going to you know, be a home that encourages decisions for Jesus, then, then talking about Jesus, just, it's something that is normal. It's natural. It's not something that's forced. It's a part of the culture. And so like, to do this, you, you can share things with your, with your students, with your spouse, with your kids. Like, here's, here's the things that I'm praying for. Would you join me in praying for these things? Right, talk, to you, talk to your kids about their experience at church. Talk, talk to your students about their experience at church. Like, ask them. Not, hey, did you have fun? Which we want our kids and students to have fun. That's not the point. The point is, what did you learn? And what are you going to do? Right, a third grader, a first grader can answer that question. An eighth grader, a twelfth grader can answer those, that question. What are, you, what are you talking about on the way home from church? Are you, how are you going to apply this to your life? Because listen, like, language shapes culture. You are forming the culture in your home based on what you're talking about. And so the more that you're talking about what it looks like for us to be serving the Lord, the, the more your, your home is going to be shaping by that culture. And you will serve the Lord. Because listen, I mean, if, if your home is filled with angry tirades about how much you hate your job, it, that can be one culture. Or you can say, you know what, hey, we can serve God even in a, in a job that I hate. Big difference. You, you can pl- complain about your neighbors and whatever it is that's wrong with your neighbor and how they frustrate you or let their dog poop in your yard or whatever, right? <laughs> or... You can talk about how your home is, is called to, to love your neighbor no matter what. So how are your words revealing what your house truly believes? So Joshua, he, he declares who he's going to serve. And, and, and by making that choice, he and his house are committed to, to doing that very specific thing. They, they, they want to make it very clear who it is that they worship and who that they serve. And it's the Lord God of Israel. And we're called to make that same choice. And I don't know if you, if you still have your Bibles open, if you noticed this when, I first talk, when we first read it. Like when Joshua says what? He says, as for me and my household. He takes ownership. He says, it starts with me, right? And so, so for those of us who are thinking about, hey, how do I better organize your, my household to serve the Lord? Come on, it starts with you, right? You have to make the commitment that, that you yourself will first and foremost be committed to serving the Lord no matter what. And, and let me talk to the dads and the husbands, the men in this room, right? Do not abdicate this responsibility to your wife. Do this together. And if you're like, I don't know what that means, I don't know what that looks like, please, come talk to me. 
I, I want to do everything I can to equip the men of our church to take leadership in our church, in their homes, in, in, your, in your workplace, in our church. That God has put something on us to, to lead. And I think with too much and too, too long, we've been saying, well, that, you know, we'll let you know, the wife do that. We'll let the church do that. And we abdicate our, our leadership responsibility. But, but no. That's not what Joshua says. He says, as for me, as for me, I want to challenge every man, every teenage, every boy, to say that, as for me, I'm going to lead in my home. Second, we have to remember that, that making a decision to do this is easy. Every one of us can be like, oh yeah, pastor, I'm in, man, that's great. And then you have to leave. You got to drive home. You got to deal with traffic on 30. The Steelers are going to play later today. You got to deal with that. Right? You got to go to work tomorrow. And you got to go to live your everyday, ordinary life. Now it's like, okay, I made this commitment to God at church on, you know, 1130 or whatever. Now you got to do it. Right? And I think, you know, the, the God of comfort is, is pulling us. The God of ease is tempting us. I'll do that next week. Is that really, did you really make that commitment? Ah, oh, come on, just, it doesn't matter. Go back to your old way of life. Right? It's actually going and living it out. And then third, I think many people, and especially parents, like, we wonder, how can we guarantee that, that our, our, our kids or our students follow Jesus? Like, they want to know the magic formula. If I do A and then B and then C, then <gasps> my kids are going to heaven, right? Like, there, there's no formula. There's no magic dust, right? If there was, Andrew would be passing it out like candy, right? Just like, everybody gets candy today because it's going to get your kids to Jesus, right? It's not how it works. Right? I mean, it just, like, this is what, what it takes is creating the environment in your home of intentionally building habits and, and forming people around you that, that are mentors and, and leaders who, who are actually helping you to, to, to serve the Lord. Right? And, and so it's, it's not like this kind of this factory that we're manufacturing, that we're, you know, creating these, these little disciples of Jesus, right? No, it's, it's more like a garden. Right? It just, it's, it's like, hey, you, you work hard to, to, to cultivate this, this proper environment. You, you nourish the soil. You plant the seeds. You water the plants. But come on, only God can bring the growth. And so if, if you're single, you, li you live alone, like make the commitment. Make the commitment today that, that you're going to serve. You're going to set up your home so that everyone who comes in, right, that's gonna, it's going to actually direct them to Jesus. Your, your habits, the, the people you're having conversations with, the, the topics that you're talking about, right? That's, it's all, in some way or another, pointing up to Jesus. If you're married, if you have kids, you live with others, right? Like, like realize that, that your commitment to serve the Lord, it's, it's going to influence everyone. You're creating a culture. And so, so work together to, to pay attention to, to what habits that you have in your family, be, be aware of the people that you look up to and, and be aware of what you're talking about and you're just at, at dinner and in regular conversations before bedtime, all that stuff. All of it is forming a culture in your home. What kind of culture are you forming? What kind of culture am I forming in my house? I think that's why 
This last verse that we're looking at in this series from Joshua is so clearly important for all of us. As for me, my household will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for, for moments like this where we, we come face to face with your word, with your truth, and it penetrates deep into our hearts and it causes us to really wrestle and to struggle with what our life has looked like. And I know that, that Satan wants to bring condemnation in this moment. He wants to, to lay down just all kinds of guilt trips and you aren't worthy and you aren't good enough and you're a bad person and you'll never be good enough and you, all this kind of stuff. And so God, I pray that, that the grace of Jesus just comes rushing into this moment. And we can be reminded, God, that there was, there was a man that was willing to go to a cross on our behalf, your son. Jesus. That he was willing to take all that guilt and all that shame and all that condemnation upon his own shoulders to set us free. God, may we rest in that truth about who we are in Jesus. And I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon us that we can echo those words of Joshua. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord from this day forward. Father, we love you and praise you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,